Welcome to the podcast of the Sunday morning worship service of the Heartland Church of the Nazarene. We're a community of faith learning to love God and our neighbors as ourselves. Welcome home. All right, today's sermon text is from Matthew 28, 1 through 10. The passage will be on the screen for you, or if you like, you can turn to Matthew in your Bible. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord, descending from heaven, came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has been raised from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. The word of the Lord for us today. Well, I welcome you with us. And uh, if if you've not been with us before, I'm, I'm Jason. I'm the pastor here. And uh, I want to welcome you to our, uh, our worship today. Uh, we've got a, a, a fun morning. We're going to have a, a baptism here and an, at the end of the service, and we'll receive the Lord's Supper after that. But I think I'm most excited about uh, telling this story, the, the story that you've just heard read. Uh, to catch us up, though, um, on Friday night, we read the story of Jesus' um, arrest and, and his crucifixion, his trial. And uh, that story is, you know, it's dark, as, as Good Friday is. And if you were with us, it almost got all the way dark. Uh, wish the sun would go down a little earlier this time of year, but it is what it is. Um, and, and so we, we watched that Christ candle go out in, in sadness um, and contemplation. Uh, I, I titled last Friday night, though, uh, Hope in the Darkness, because even though, uh, even though Jesus' light goes out, like what we believe as people who, who are followers of Jesus Christ is that uh, death is, is never the final thing. Uh, it, it's not the end of what's going to happen. And it, it, it won't be in a lot of ways our end either. Uh, and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more. Well, the story goes, um, Jesus is hanging on the cross and he, he finally says it's finished and all is done, and, uh, and there was a man named Joseph, Joseph of Arimathea. He, he had a tomb that had not been used yet. In those days, you would have uh, chiseled out, uh, perhaps if you, were, if you were wealthy enough, a hole in a big rock or the side of a mountain or something like that, and uh, that's where you would have made little spots to bury people. Tombs weren't generally just used for one person uh, because you, you had to do all that work. You could fit a couple more people in there, right? Uh, so, but there were, the Jews were afraid, and the Romans were afraid too, uh, because Jesus had said, he said, three days after I die, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be raised from the dead. And, and they were afraid, not that he would actually raise from the dead. They were afraid that some of his disciples would steal his body so that it would look like Jesus has ra- had raised from the dead. 
And so they rolled this giant stone in front of, uh, of Jesus' tomb so that nobody could get in and steal it, uh, and nobody could get out either, right? Uh, and, and, that, and that was not only it, but they posted guards by the stone to make sure uh, that nothing happened. Well, our story uh, starts on uh, the first day of the week, which for um, the Jewish people was Sunday. Sabbath, which is, their, which is the Jewish holy day, goes from Friday night at sundown until Saturday night at sundown. That was their, that was their day. And so early on Sunday, um, a couple of Marys get up, and they want to finish all the burial preparations that, that they didn't get to do because of, well, because the Sabbath was coming, and you can't do those kinds of things. And so uh, two Marys, uh, the text tells us, uh, Mary, and, uh, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary uh, went to see the tomb. And now we don't know who the other Mary is. We have, it seems to be a, a fairly common name in the gospel stories. Uh, it doesn't really matter. They've come and they are walking towards the tomb uh, in hopes of preparing Jesus' body for his final, his final rest. Um, these women, it, it seems, um, even though they may believe, and I think they do, uh, they're, they're sad, though, because uh, what's happened to Jesus hasn't, well, hasn't been what he said would happen. Well, they approach, and as they're approaching, the, the ground begins to shake, right? It is a, an earthquake. I'll adjust this here, sorry. It's an earthquake. The ground is shaking. And uh, not only that, but the, but the angel, the angel of the Lord comes and he rolls the stone away, removes the stone from the grave. And, and the two guards that were there watching, I, I assume it's two, um, were watching, they also began to shake. Now, um, the, the word that Mark uses, or Matthew uses, excuse me, is the same word that he describes as the, the earthquake. So these men who were supposed to be you know, Rome's best, perhaps, the, the bravest of the bunch, they shook in their boots like, uh, like little tiny, afraid little boys or girls. I don't know. I didn't, uh, well, like me when I'm in the dark. Okay. Uh, they began to shake, shake so much that, that uh, they became like dead people. <laughs> like dead people. Now, uh, we probably think that they passed out, right? Um, have, have, you, have any of you ever... Passed out for fear? No? Anybody ever pass out? Just drop over? Oh, yeah. Did it involve blood? Yep. yep. I don't know why I knew that. Needles. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, none of that here today. Um, and and they, they're just, they're, they're out cold. Out cold. These big, big Roman soldiers. Well, the Marys come up to the, to the tomb and... Uh, they see that it's, that's empty. Well, it's open. And the, the angel is there sitting on top of the stone that's been rolled away. And he says to them, uh, let me get, find it here. But the angel said to the woman, the women, do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he has been raised as he said. Come and see the place where he, he lay. Now, all the time in the Gospels, uh, angels, when they come and talk to people, um, angels in the Jewish imagination, they aren't like the, the cute angels that we might decorate our kids' rooms with 
or that are, you know, in cartoons or TVs, they're, they're not cute. They're like fierce things. Now, I don't, we don't know what this angel looked like. Uh, I think in all the paintings I've ever seen or, or religious art, it looks like just a man. And that's probably what it was. Either way, uh, something strange has happened. And I bet that if you were there that day, if you had felt the ground shake and seen the, the stone was not there and seen the two passed out Roman soldiers, that, that you might be afraid too if this, this man or angel thing uh, is there where, where you're hoping to, to be. So it begins with, this, uh, begins with this admonition to not be afraid. I, I think... I think there's something really, really important there, not just for today's story, but for Christianity in general. Um, That because of who Jesus is, as the one who's created and sustains the world, the one who's going to come back, as we sang about, to make all things new, um, that there's something about the, the love and the grace and the strength of Jesus Christ that drives fear out. Or at least it should. Or at least it should. If we're believing that, that Jesus is who he is and that Jesus can do what Jesus says he's going to do. Well, the, the, um, the angel goes on and says, uh, are, you are looking for, the, for Jesus who was crucified. Um, now I like, forgive me for this, I like, I'm not very good at it, Greek grammar. I know, because the, the, the New Testament is written in Greek, and when we read it in English, it's been translated, and some things get lost in, in translation. And one of the things that comes out when we look at the original language on this particular uh, passage is that the crucified, crucified is, uh, is in a form that has present implications or has present reactions, things that happen, right? He was crucified. It's done. But with continuing effects into the future, Right? So um, uh, me and my wife were married on May 21st, 2005. That didn't mean that we stopped being married after that, right? It's, a, it's a, an event that happened that has continuing ramifications throughout time. And so the angel is saying, this Jesus, who was and is and always will be the one who was crucified for the sake of creation... Uh, that this one has been raised from the dead. Now, I, I, think, I think why this matters a little bit is that Jesus doesn't stop being the crucified one. It's not like Jesus exchanged his first body for a second one that didn't have any of the scars or anything about it, right? Like he, he raises again. New life comes to his body with the same scars that he had from Friday. Uh, we know this because of the, the Doubting Thomas passage. Now you're saying, okay, why, why is that important? Well, I, I think it's important because God redeems death. He, he's conquered it. Uh, didn't just go around it. Uh, didn't just like, you know, okay, so you can kill this body, but I'm gonna get a new one, so it's all good, it doesn't matter. Oh, the, the, the power of God comes and restores the body of something that has been broken and killed. It is my strong belief that Jesus' power is still at work in that same way here and now. Although, 
you know, you, bodies heal, right? Uh, people die, but we believe that at, when Jesus comes back, they're going to raise from the dead and be with Christ forever. But I think on another level, like our, our brokenness, our own death that, that you may even feel right now is where you are. Like you have died or that you are close to dying mentally or emotionally or just life is just so bleh. The story we proclaim today is about conquering that death too. It is about bringing life back from where it wasn't before. Uh, but not with complete, you know, like erasing everything that has happened, but, but through redeeming and restoring our brokenness. Well, we'll go forward and uh, the angel's like, they're not here, he's not here, but you are invited. I invite you to go into this tomb and see for yourself. Uh, now, again, right, it's not Jesus' soul didn't just float away uh, and his body just lay there. He's gone completely. Uh, and they, I, they must have come out of the tomb and, and they're surprised and maybe a little bewildered and still a little afraid and confused and maybe not really grasping the enormity of what they have seen. And the angel says, now I've got a job for you. I need you two to go and tell others that Jesus isn't dead, but that he's alive, that he's been raised from the dead, just like he said he would. Now, uh, two things are really, really important here. Two things, really important. Uh, Women in Jesus' day were like, they were just a little above children on the, like the, important scale of people. Like they, their uh, women's testimony in a court of law was not valid. It, you, you couldn't, sorry ladies. It, I'd probably get you out of jury duty too. Um, it, they were just, they were not, they were not trusted. They were not, not seen as being reliable. And so, um, and so Jesus, God calls the very first apostles. Uh, that's what we, in the Bible, the apostles really just means uh, those who are sent. So the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Peter, people who are, who are sent from where they are on a mission to complete something. And for Jesus and for everyone who follows uh, that it's called an apostle, it is a mission of proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. The good news that death has lost and that life has won. That fear and hatred has been defeated and love and grace and faithfulness has won. And so we see God trusting the very lowest of the peoples with this message. Uh, It's kind of what Jesus does, actually flips things upside down. Uh, Ladies, don't let anybody tell you you can't be a preacher or a pastor or a teacher of Bible thingies because that's not, it's not how it is. It was never that way from the beginning the first evangelists, if you will, were women. Well, the second thing um, uh, is that the very first people to receive this good news are those who ran away. Um, we'll go forward. Verse 7. Uh, then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has been raised from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. Now, the last time we see the disciples, 
uh, they are running away. Like Jesus is getting arrested and, you know, Peter hacks off somebody's ear and uh, then runs away. One of them in the Gospel of Mark is really fun. Um, one of the disciples runs away and somebody steps on his, his cloak and it comes off and he runs away naked. So, uh, you know, they're just in shame, in shame running away. Peter ends up uh, denying Jesus three times. And, and this, is, this is a big deal. They had followed Jesus for a long time. They had seen all of these miracles, uh, demons being cast out, large crowds being fed, people being healed, Lazarus being brought back from the dead. They've seen and witnessed all of those things, and yet when it, when it mattered maybe perhaps the most, they ran away. And so it's amazing to me that the people who were supposed to be faithless, faithful ended up being the faithless ones. And yet, they are the recipients. They are the first recipients of God's message of grace. It comes to us and says, yes, you have been unfaithful. You are not loving. You are nothing like I want you to be. And yet, I'm going to tell you about how you can change all of that. Tell you about the love that I have for you, for your, for your hope and for your future, for your salvation, not just here on earth, or not just in heaven, but here on earth as we believe God is working to redeem and restore all things. Well, the Marys, um, the Marys go off. They run off the path to go tell the disciples. Um, and suddenly Jesus, Jesus shows up. Suddenly Jesus meets them and said, greetings, and they came to him, took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to, to Galilee. There they will see me. As if uh, Mary and Mary needed any other motivation. They didn't need, a, it seemed like they were already on their way. They didn't need any more proof that Jesus perhaps had been raised from the dead. And yet he comes and appears to them. And they do the only, the only responsible thing in the face of their, their meeting with the crucified yet resurrected Jesus Christ because they bow down in worship. Uh, that's always, well, it always should be our response to the grace and love and forgiveness and faithfulness of God. Even more so that when we realize that we are those who have been at times faithless. We have not been faithful where we have not loved God with all that we have, where we have not loved our neighbor as ourselves. Uh, but this, this is the very point of the resurrection. It is, well, it's, it's the beginning of the end, really, of Jesus' movement towards creation that rejected him. It, in Hopefully, hopefully our response. Uh, now, some of you have been uh, Christians for a long time, probably. Some of you maybe uh, haven't been. I think uh, we, we need to remember that our response always to what God has done in us, the healing that God has brought about for us, that our response should always be worship. It doesn't always mean that we've got a band and music and song. 
I think it can be as simple as a prayer of thankfulness, of realizing that, that we have been faithless like the disciples, of realizing that in that unfaithfulness, God still loves us anyway. I think this is the power of the resurrection. I also think there's, there's one more thing I think that's important for the Marys and for his disciples. Clearly, they haven't got it figured out yet. Uh, Matthew is a little tough on the disciples, uh, and sometimes they look just downright dumb. Like they just, they don't get it. And so I think the good news for us today, for me, I, I think, is the fact that even when I don't fully understand what it means to be a faithful Christian, even when I, when I, when I can't get my head around it, and when, when you can't get ahead of it, we don't understand it, where it's confusing, where it's scary, like God uses us anyway. That, that, that you and I are like Mary and Mary, that in our, our lowliness perhaps, in our unfaithfulness, in our confusion about what's happening, God still calls to us and says, go and tell. Go and tell of the good news, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who's going to come back one day and make all things new again, defeating death and sickness and evil and sin once and for all. Well, perhaps, uh, well, anyway, there's, there's two questions I think that need to be answered, well, that we need to consider today. Um, some of us might be here and believe that we, well, that, like I said before, that we're broken. Our lives are not good. We have hurt and pain and trauma and baggage, and it's just, maybe we feel like we're close to death. Uh, I, I will admit, uh, there have been times this year that I, I haven't thought I was close to death. But I felt super hopeless, and super vulnerable and scared, and, and I needed resurrection. I, I, I needed Christ to intervene in my life in a way that was, uh, well, not anything that I could do for myself to, to, to bring about a little bit of new life in me. And I wonder, I wonder if, if maybe that's where some of you are today. That it's broken. And you need a little bit of resurrection. The good news we tell today that I am trying to tell to you in my, well, in my uh, ignorance in my inability to always be like Christ, in my failures, I'm telling you that Jesus Christ has come to bring about resurrection for you. So maybe that's a, a question uh, we need to ask. Who, who here needs resurrection? Uh, <laughs> very good. The other question, how might you how might you, as someone who has received the good news, someone who has been resurrected in a way, brought to new life in Christ, how can you be an agent of resurrection in somebody else's life? 
I think we're, we're, we're good here where we say, I don't, but what about me? I, like, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know enough to tell anybody. And one of the things that, I, that we try really hard around here is to say that we don't always have it figured out, but what we really, really, really want is for us to figure it out together. Uh, that I need you to help me understand what it means to be a follower of Christ. That you need each other when, when life is bad and wrong and hurtful. That God doesn't just work in supernatural ways, that God works through the words and work of the people God loves. And that's you all. Jesus' resurrection brings resurrection for us. And it sends us to help bring resurrection for others. It is my hope today that regardless of where you are, that maybe as we move through the rest of the service, and I'll give you some instructions about that, that uh, you might confess your brokenness to Christ. You might say, I am in need of resurrection. Now, you don't have to say it in any particular way. We don't really do altar calls, kind of. Um, but there's an opportunity it's an opportunity, even if you've been trying to follow Christ your whole life, to say, I need help. I need salvation. I need my friends and my family to help me to love God with all that I have and to love my neighbor as myself. Thank you for listening to our Sunday morning worship service. For more information about the Heartland Church of the Nazarene, please visit heartlandnaz.org.